Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Welcome to Impacting Jamaica. I am Tamika Gordon. I'm speaking with Lisa Thomas, a philanthropist and pilot who has given so much of herself to so many causes. Lisa was born in London to Jamaican parents. She has been a friend of the Guys Hill Primary School in St. Catherine and has remained close to the community from which her parents hailed. She also helped the survivors of the Grenfell Tower fire in London and has hosted many events for Jamaicans there to help them stay close to their roots. We're going to hear so much because she has done so many things. Thank you, Lisa, for joining Impacting Jamaica. Hi, Tamika. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, let's talk, let's start by talking a bit about your childhood, you know, tell me where you were born and what it was like for you, you know, growing up. Okay. I was born in London, England, and I spent the early part of my childhood in London and with my father and my brother and my sister. I actually lost my mom at age five. So at a point, um, some point in my life, I sort of went down to Jamaica to spend some time with my nan. Your grandmother. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we call her a nan, my grandma, mm -hmm. yeah. So what was it like for you visiting Jamaica? You know, what sort of impact or influence did that aspect of your childhood have on you? Well, I think, you know, visiting Jamaica and spending some time in Jamaica as a young youngster has a great impact in my life. I mean, Jamaica is a wonderful place. It's very disciplined. My my grandmother is a very strict, fair, disciplinary lady, and spending a lot of time with her has actually helped me to become who I am today. So I enjoy starting my childhood in Jamaica. So you used to come for holidays, right? Yes. Yeah. What was that like for you? You know, tell me a little bit about how that was different growing up in the, in London, having holidays in London versus being here in Jamaica, the holidays that you spent here. Well, having holidays in Jamaica is pretty good. I mean, there's lots to do in Jamaica, you know, country life, you know, you've got the rivers, you've got, you know, you're able to play you know, you've got more open space to play. The people are more friendly. They have more time to spend with you. The fact that it's a community that grows a child instead of just a family, that makes it very much more interesting. You know, the neighbors was nice. You know, everybody's just so caring. So being in Jamaica as a child, it is a great start. It was a great start for me. Being in London, it's school, home. It's basically 
the British life, you know. Mm -hmm. How how did you know the the influence of your grandmother and the community, you know, feeling and setting that you grew up in? How did that impact your decision, you know, to remain close to Guy's Hill? Did that have a, a bearing on what you now do in terms of your philanthropic work? Yes, to a point where my grandmother, you know, she saw the stairs in the direction that. We have to do well. We have to go to school. We have to think about great achievement, high achievement. And coming from that beginning, it helps you to integrate into any system and to look at the positive instead of, you know, looking at negative when it comes to you. So England is a very big open place and Sometimes you can, you know, it is so easy there that sometimes you can easily forget about the direction that you want to go. But growing up in Jamaica, it gives you a consistency in saying, okay, I want to do this. I want to do that. So you always look on achieving. It's like a family environment in Jamaica, which helps you to look at positive direction in life. Mm -hmm. in, in terms of what you do for the Guys Hill um, Primary School, tell me a little bit of what, you know, some of the things that you've done over the years and what you still have planned for the institution. Well, um, I visited Guys Hill Primary School after, you know, been missing from Jamaica for some years and I was asked to be a leader for a house, um, a sponsor, a leader. So I accept taking on the responsibility of 80 to 100 kids as a house leader, which is the Lisa Dodd house, which is the greenhouse. I mean, I enjoy working with the teachers. I enjoy working with the kids. I mean... Taking on for the first year, the welcome that I've received from these kids, it reminds me like, wow, everyone needs a chance to see what the world is and to get some help and to get some love. And they when you say were, house, you mean the house that they have like for sports day? Yes. So you right. have sports mm. houses. So they have four different sports houses. And I actually took on responsibility for one of the sports house. That's what it is. Tell me about some of the things that you do. I spoke with the the principal, the vice principal there, and you mm -hmm. know she was raving about the connection that you have with the parents and the students, and the fact that you've sponsored some um the sports day activities. You know, tell me a little bit of that and why about that and why you do it. Okay. I feel giving back is very important. And giving back, it means love. I, you know, I try to help financially. I try to sh go back, you know, assure appreciation. And, you know, seeing those kids, I knew that I wanted to, to stay close to them. I wanted to share something with them. And, the opportunity as a rose arise for me to 
become their old sponsor. And I took that on with, with great pleasure. Um, some of the stuff that I've done for them is like, you know, trophies for the house. I've done like lunches for them. I've done like um, giving them like sports equipment and just at the parties, like ice cream cakes and gifts, mm -hmm. you know, London gifts, you know, exposing them to see what some of those London buses looks like. And I give them like lunch bags, like I gave away over a thousand lunch bags to three different schools in Jamaica, but Gaza Primary got about, say about 300. So I gave that to them as well. Um, I thought this year is, you know, these kids are recovering from COVID and I wanted to do something special for them this year. So I wanted them to have a positive start in life. So what I did is that I spoke to Victor Mutual and asked them if I could open a bank account for each student. And they said yes. And I asked them, how could they facilitate it? And Mr. Conroy Rose, manager of VM, he was happy to have his staff going to Gaza Primary to open 70 bank accounts. Mm -hmm. So I am sort of encouraging the parents to continue to save in these banks account. It's only a deposit bank account only where... So they can't pull any money from it, so the parents... No. Just save in the account. Yes. Mm -hmm. So my plan for that account is that they can use that to get their, their first house deposit on their first home, you know, when they get to 18 or 21, or they can use some of that money further their education. So they will not be able to touch that until age 18, 19. That's what we're looking at at the moment. I will so done something else, Lisa, in terms of what you've done for the accounts. Um, tell me about your, you know, your plan to double the amount that the parents save. Okay. Um, for the parents, uh, the three IS parents, like top savers, saving mm -hmm. savers, I am actually I will double that money. So that's an incentive to ask the parents to continue saving and save as much as they can. So I would check with the bank to see which one of those three accounts are at the top and then I'll double that money for each student. Mm -hmm. I so also the parents and the students are motivated to save knowing yeah. that whatever they end up with at the end of the year, is it at the end of the year? Correct, yeah. Yeah, you're going to actually double the amount that they've saved. Yes, That's a wonderful correct. initiative, you know, one very wonderful gesture. <laughs> yeah, and I also secure five scholarships from Victoria Mutual for the kids at school. Yeah, very, very good. And I'm sure, you know, those families really appreciate the gesture and really appreciate the effort. So the scholarships are, are through the VMB, um, through VMBS as well. Super Victor VM, Mitchell, yes. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. VM group, they're called now. VM group. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the the VM group has been extremely supportive and I really appreciate them 
partnering with me to help me to make this possible. Indeed. Tell me about your, your career path now, because you're uh-huh. a pilot. Yeah. Um, tell me what sort of pilot you are, because I get, I've gotten to understand that you fly two different types of airplanes or helicopters. You know, tell me about your journey to becoming a pilot. What was that like? Okay, my journey to becoming a pilot is I've worked at the London Israel Airport for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I started out in security. And I worked my way up to being an aviation profiler that's a specialist in airport security. Mm-hmm. From there, I persisted and went on to do accounting course. But after I did my degree, I decided that no, I want to stay in the airport, which is aviation. So I went back to my profiling job and I was very close to the Air Jamaica pilots. I was close to all the pilots of the different airline, but there was something about Jamaica again, (laughs) which um, I was motivated. Um, You know, the Jamaican pilots are extremely friendly. They're very nice. They're very encouraging. And I find myself spending a lot of time with them talking to them in the airport, you know, getting different ideas. And I look at them and they're saying, Lisa, you can be a pilot one day. However, my dream was to be a ship captain, but Mm -hmm. I did not get to do that for reasons that I did not have enough people in maritime around me. So the research was not done done as well as I wanted it to. So back to aviation, I have spoken to the Jamaica pilot, that's Captain Martin Sutherland, Vivian Thomas, Baza Ferguson, and Michael Scarlett. And they basically said to me, you know, get yourself in a nice flying school and you'll be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So the influence, and- the influence was not... Um, they're either marine pilot or marine captain, but no. you had role models when it came to aviation. Yes. Right. Correct. Mm. Correct. So you've been doing that now for how many years? I've been flying for eight years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, What's I that fly... like as a female very... pilot? <laughs> it's great. Um, I'm well looked after. Um, I fly fixed wing and rotary, but I specialize in rotary aircraft. Is is it a difficult field for women? You know, how have you found it so far? Okay, I I find it interesting. I find it easy. Um, it's a very rewarding job. Um, looking at it from outside, it seemed very hard to get into, but. It's not. As long as you get yourself into a flight school, there's different scholarships available. You can pay as you go. You can, you know, take out a loan. You can, there's so much avenues where you can look at and how to pay for it. You know, it's really rewarding once you get through that flight program 
it is a very rewarding job. Do um, you find it, that there are any, you know, some some um career paths are difficult for females? Do you find that it was hard for you as a woman to, you know, really stamp your mark on what you do, or is it that you know you you just fit in and and there wasn't really much of a challenge? What was that? What's the experience been like? Well, I was very well prepared going in um, through working with the Air Jamaica pilots and pilots from different countries. So I did my research well. And going into a curve like flying, you have to be 100%, know what you want to do, be strong-minded, and put your heads down in the book. Mm -hmm. Ask for help ask for support and that's what I did it's not very hard it's a career where everyone is serious and everyone wants to see you do well so they will support you as long as you ask for that support you're also a trained counselor tell (laughs) me about that and where you find time to be a counselor when you're offline as well Right. Okay. Um, well, I did my degree in counseling. Um, basically, I was looking for a career. As I'm not a career, I didn't just want one career. I wanted more than one. So I looked at counseling. It was interesting because I like helping people. And I talked to a lot of my friends who had going through difficult problems and stuff. And I said to myself, I need to learn how to do this professionally. And that's when I went to Thames. I started at Kensington College and then I went on to Thames Valley University to complete my counseling. However, while I was doing my counseling, I had to work for victim support. That's where I practiced my hours. I realized that it's good part-time, but I want to do something that makes me smile. Counseling is good, but it's a lot of taking on. And I wanted something to, to make me constantly smiling. So I decided that piloting is for me. In the meantime, I still support people. I support organization with vulnerable adults and kids. I'm working in the community, doing a lot of community projects. So I am still doing counseling. I do it through helping out people in who are taken up in the justice system. And I have been helping people just for them to understand how they can bring them, themselves to a higher level. So I consistently do that on a so daily your counseling, basis. Your counseling um, work is, yeah. is done within like the community and social services setting where you're helping individuals in, a, in, in the, you, you mentioned the justice system. So for yeah. instance, you know, tell me about um, how that works. You know, is it that, you know, through mediation, how do you get to interact or get to meet people that you, you end up counseling? Okay. 
we we have different groups in England that support um vulnerable adults and kids. Mm-hmm. I work within the system within the stations and these are people that get caught up in crime and they need some support. And I sort of go inside and do facilitation work with them through the police and different services to and help them. Like governmental agencies. A, a governmental agency, right. correct. Okay. So tell me about the, the Grenfell Tower fire and your work with the community in that respect. Right. Um, Grenfell was a very, very sad time for me. It was a sad time for the community. I live in Kensington and I live about five minutes away from the Grenfell Tower. Um, I saw the fire, which is, you know, you've heard of it, but it was one of the worst disaster we've had in the UK. Um, you know, talking about it, it's very emotional, but I will get through it. Anyway, what we try to do is that we, I'm there supporting the community, sub, supporting people that suffered from the fire, the family. Um, we open a donation center Mm-hmm. Um, which you we had people donating, not just from London or from Kensington, but all over England, international. We had about maybe 10 centres in the community. Um, our centre, through One Voice Community, was one of the biggest centres. We received thousands worth of donations at one point, we had over 500 volunteers per day working in the center. And we were there just collecting donation and, you know, sending out donation to, to, to victims, their family. We were there trying to help support because we did not know who was in the fire, who wasn't in the fire. So... The first year was extremely hard for the community. We were helping people to understand what was happening to them. It it was very, it was tragic. You know, we lost kids, we lost elders, we we lost neighbors, we lost friends. My kids lost their friends from school. It, It was just a horrible thing that we we all went through. Mm-hmm. So you were helping to coordinate the relief supplies for the survivors while providing counseling as well for the yes. people who survived. Yes. Right. So we were setting up different departments, um, One Voice Community, Mr. Niles and MZ. You know, it's the name of the were... organization. Yes, and it's called One Voice Community. Those are the coordinators. And, you know, they were, we were walking, helping families to see if we can find their loved ones because we're not sure if they were in the building or not. You know, we were receiving donation. 
you have thousands of donations coming through that door. So we had to be having different sections, receiving, giving out, you know, Managing logistics and so we weren't even prepared for those logistics. We had to be building the logistics as the days progressing. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break now to hear from our sponsors. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Lisa Thomas, a philanthropist and pilot, um, born in London to Jamaican parents who has been, you know, giving of herself to several causes. And she's sharing a bit about her work and her experiences with us. Thanks um, again, Lisa, for joining Impacting Jamaica. Let's talk now about some of the other initiatives that you've spearheaded in London. You have done a Jamaican grand market um, in collaboration with um, VMBS as well, I think. Yes. (laughs) Right. Tell me about that and why you decided to do that. Um, it's called the Jamaica Christmas Grand Market. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was young and at Christmas time, my grandmother used to allow us to go to the Grand Market in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the day before Christmas when people was like selling stuff and it was really dark. I can remember that time, but at the time, it, it 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 was like so much fun. So I said, oh, I think about it, and I'm I said to myself, no, this would be good to sort of take back to England and sort of remind people of what they had when they were younger and what is still going on in Jamaica, the Grand Market. So I did some research and I contacted Victor Mitchell. And they were happy to come on as a sponsor. And basically, I did my first event. And, you know, it. The, everyone appreciated it. And it, it was really fun doing that. I could see how happy the community, the under-community community. Tell me about why, why you decided to do that, you know? What was the reason behind... Um... Bring it outside of the fact that you liked it as a child. What was the need that you saw in London to stage a, a Jamaican grand market? Okay, um, some Jamaicans in England find it difficult to go back to Jamaica mm-hmm. in reference to financial, or they don't have any family members to go back to in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. There is not, also, there's not a lot of jamaican event at christmas and i just think you know i want to see jamaica more in london i want to see more of jamaica jamaican's events happening and bringing jamaica grand market to england it's very authentic and i know that grandmother aunties uncles kids everyone would be able to relate to that event and feeling welcome. What are some of the things that you had? Some of the activities that were held, you know, the booths, tell me, you know, some a bit about that. Okay, so we had two sections. We had Shop in the Dark, which is the old time Jamaican 
Grand Market, and we had the new Grand Market, which is with the light and the glamour. The shop in the dark was where you shop with flashlight and back lamp, where we had um, Jamaican food like totas, um, coconut drops, and um, I don't know, I think it's blue drawers and, you know, all these fabulous and, Jamaican yeah. food, rundown, fried dumpling. I just wanted all authentic stuff. That was the food. And then we had like art and crafts. We had like people selling clothes that they make. We had like people printing on cups. We had Jamaican t-shirt. We had Jamaican books. We had a section where they had like Jamaican sweets. And we also had a section for the kids where they had like monks about, you know, merry-go-round. So we, we had different sections. Are you planning that again for this Christmas? Yes, I am planning J Jamaica Christmas Grand Market for this Christmas. Um, so VMBS will also be a sponsor then? Yes, VM will be a sponsor. Um, they have supported me and I know that they will support me throughout whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You are also... Um planning to launch a magazine, Lisa yes. Lifestyle. Yes. All right, let's talk about mm -hmm. that. Why, why a magazine, why a lifestyle, you know, what will the magazine be about and, and um, why you decided to do it? Okay. What I've noticed in London is that we while we have some of our Jamaicans doing well, we have some not doing well. And this is lack of motivation. So as I mentioned before, that in Jamaica, we have the support, the grounding, the family. In England, we do not have that great support. And so then we lose the authentic of ourselves um, not just Jamaica, but we lose ourselves in London. So there's nothing to really motivate us here. So we just go to work, come home. You know, we don't look at stuff like, you know, down in Jamaica, decoration is important. The way you keep the outside of your house is important. What you eat is important. That That's my observation on Jamaica. Everything in Jamaica is so important. In London, curb appeal, no, it's not important. Um, decoration. Oh, so you mean that um, people just pretty much go to work and exist? Yes. We, so that we, sense we, of community, that sense of, you know, neighborhood and all of that, that's what you're referring to, that's missing. Yes, correct. Um, I see. Yeah. So the, my magazine is to feature different lifestyle to help to re-motivate 
us to live our life to the highest standard that we can. What are some of the things that you're going to be exhibiting through the magazine? Um, lifestyle, holidays. So, for example, encouraging people to go on holidays, not just when you go to Jamaica, you go back up to the community that you're from, but try the hotels, see how beautiful Sanders is, Grand Palladium, go and experience these hotels. I'm also trying to tell them, go to the spas. This is what it feels like to go into the spas. Go and get your hair done, go and get your hair done. You know, go and get a massage. I'm also telling them about the cruise, you know, get on a crew, go to different countries, learn different countries. So I'm trying to take that into them and say, listen, the world is a big place. Let's re-motivate ourselves and go out and enjoy all that the world has to offer us. Mm -hmm. So you, you're looking for, um, based on what you said you're going to have in the magazine, then you'll have opportunities for advertising from these other Jamaican entities so that you can showcase what they have through your magazine to the communities that the magazine will serve. Yes, and not just Jamaica, but the world. And Caribbean, so, yeah, and the Caribbean. Yes, so Jamaica and all the countries from maritime to aviation, you know, we we want, you know, lifestyle is important and decorating is important. Health so when is you say important. lifestyle, you mean um, leisure as well as health, fashion, and all of that will be showcased in the magazine? Correct, yeah. Right. So you were you're saying that the magazine will showcase, you know, health and wellness and, and lifestyle to, to yeah. somewhat encourage individuals to, you know, add a little bit more to their existence instead of just living to go to work. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You you mentioned as well that um it would cater to you'd have some counseling element or something for the mental wellness of people. What's the thinking, you know? What are you planning for that? Well, we'll have a section where we have different counselors or motivators mm -hmm. um, writing articles, just helping people or telling people how to live a better life by how they control their mind, how they control their thinking and how to turn negative into positive. So ways that they can look at situations. Um, life sometimes can be very cold, especially in London. You know, there's not enough sunshine there. Mm -hmm. So we need constant motivation. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have a family. So not having family, not having sunshine, that is really sad so the skies are always gray so we need something we need you know the magazine to help us to see the colors to see how bright life can can be and also help us and motivate us to move into different countries just to explore see stuff and come back to london feeling well okay. for example I'm looking at decorating. 
our houses are just white, gray. We need colors, you know. We need, you know, have writers helping them to work with colors, showing them how to use colors, how to do an accent wall, how to do color furnitures, how to do stuff like that. So that is a part of the decorating. By just seeing colors in London, it's great, but how to use them and use them correctly. Mm-hmm. So they'll get a little bit of um, Caribbean flair and some DUI ideas to jazz up their, their home and garden and design and, and all of that. Yes. So yeah. we, we can all have a house, but we have to be able to turn those houses into a home. And the magazine will help you how to turn your house into a home. Mm-hmm. What will it be called? It's called the Lisa Magazine. So it's a Lisa Luxury Lifestyle Magazine. Great, great. All the best with this venture, Lisa. And thank you so much for joining us on Impacting Jamaica. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was indeed a pleasure speaking with thank you. you. Thank you. And on behalf of the you know, Jamaicans that are impacted, the children from Geisel Primary, and so we really want to tell you thank you for your you know, many initiatives and your many gestures of philanthropy. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'll keep helping. I'll keep building projects. You know what I-, I should ask? Why? Why is helping so important to you? Before we close. I, I like giving back. I like helping. The more I help is, and I, I'm getting results, seeing people happy, it makes me feel happy. So I will continue giving and I, I come, continue helping. Mm-hmm. It is very important for me to help. I like to see people happy and I will do anything or try to give as much as I can give so that people, it can make a difference to people's life. Mm-hmm. It I makes am you about, feel fulfilled. It makes me fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I'm of service. And I will always give great service to people by helping them. So not necessarily only financially, but a smile. I say to people every day, when you get up and go out into the world, try to do three things. It doesn't have to be like giving away financially, but smile. Let three people out of of the intersection in your car or say good morning to someone. If everyone does that every day, it will make a great impact on the world. Thank you for listening to another episode of Impacting Jamaica. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.